Jets country, let's ride. Gang Green is heading to Denver to take on a banged up Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Can the Jets win their fourth straight game and improve to five and two? We'll preview the game and make our predictions. Our special guest is the play-by-play radio voice of the Jets on ESPN Radio New York and one of the best in the business. Good friend of the program, Bob Wushusen. So take flight because the Jets are flying high to the mile high. We got you covered next on Gangs All Here from the New York Post. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? You're a Jets fan. You guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only for you guys would I do this? Only on Gangs All Here. We love it. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post, a 4-2 edition of Gangs All Here. I'm your host, Jake Brown, alongside my co-host, the star of the show, Jets beat writer for the New York Post, Brian Castell. Later in the show, we'll chat with good friend of the program and arguably the biggest fish fan in sports media, I would think, in Bob Wischusen. You hear him on ESPN Radio New York. We'll ask him about that and see if he actually is. Cause you're back in the saddle. You missed uh, our celebratory show. Thanks to Eric Coleman and Matt O'Leary for filling in. But, you know, we were all smiles. I would love to start off just a state of the cause, a state of the union on the Jets now matching your win prediction total at four after a hell of a convincing win in Green Bay. Now, now comes the 11 game losing streak, I guess, Jake, right? Oh, no, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> now I wrote the mea culpa today, uh, post sports plus, like, there was obviously some things I didn't foresee here. I didn't think the defense would be this good. They're playing lights out on defense, which I didn't anticipate. I thought the quarterback would be an issue this season. I didn't realize they'd be able to play without a quarterback, which they've done the last two weeks and just run the ball effectively. Uh, I thought they had some talent in this rookie class, but I thought it might take a little while for them to get used to the NFL game. Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall have they become studs right away, right? And obviously Garrett Wilson in one big game too, but Hall and Gardner are really leading the way right now on each side of the ball. They're two of the best players on the team. So I didn't see that coming. And then the last piece, Jake, you know, when you get the schedule in May and you see Packers and you see Steelers, you're like, oh boy, Packers and the Steelers are not the Packers and the Steelers this year, right? They're not as good as they were. And the Jets have gotten some luck in terms of um, getting the Dolphins' third-string quarter quarterback in there. What happened in Cleveland, you know? And I'm not taking anything away from them. That they won those games, and that's life in the NFL. And for many years, the Jets have gotten no breaks, so they're getting some breaks. So good for them. But I think that's kind of where I went wrong in my preseason prediction. What did you predict, Jake? Seven? I think it's a seven to ten. Yeah. That's so looking you, are you up? Accurate. Are you upping that? Are you going to? Up oh that yeah, now? I'm upping it now. Yeah. Now where, where are we? Ten? Eleven? Where are we at? Eleven would be a little a bit of a pipe dream. I, 
I honestly think they could win nine when you look at the schedule. You know, they we'll talk about it. They might end up getting a break this week if Russell Wilson doesn't play, although it might be a better break if he does play because of how bad he's been. It's terrible. Uh, how much worse can Brett Rippon be? Yeah, I mean, Brett Rippon's only career win came against none other than the New York Jets and his only career start uh, against a different Jets team. But, yeah, I, I'm up in it closer to nine. I think if they win less than eight now, it becomes a disappointment. Like our expectations have changed. Well, that's five and six, right? If my math is correct. So you'd hope that they're going to be better than that down the stretch, right? That they, they'd be more than a 500 team, right? Was it, is it five and six or four and six? They well, played nine, nine wins, right? They have four wins. So they'd be five and then they have two losses and six, two plus six is eight, Jake. That's a lot of simple math. Here we go. Here we go, Hofstra. <laughs> Keep up. $50,000 year education. <laughs> not helping that much. Uh, fi- okay, so to get to uh, nine. Did Hop should drop the math program with the football yeah, program? Yeah, yeah football, math. They just left uh, broadcasting. Thank God. That's all I got left. Um, yeah, all right. So, yeah, nine wins, and that, that gets you in consideration. Listen, the AFC's been down, but there's still a lot of teams over 500. Like, if they lost Sunday, it's, it's a cluster you-know-what of teams for the wild card. I don't think even the most optimistic Jets fan thinks they're catching the Bills, right? unless something crazy happened with Josh Allen up there, you know, something like that. But right now the bills look like the best team in the NFL. So you're probably not catching them. You're probably playing for a wild card and yeah, it's going to be interesting, but Josh Allen's the only quarterback on the schedule right now for the jets that really strikes fear in your heart. Right. Um, I guess Kirk Cousins a little bit, but the rest of the quarterbacks that they face, none of them are, are really great. In the way this defense is playing, you'd expect them to have the advantage. Yeah, Zappy Hour is going to be interesting on the thirtieth if he still. Or will that be the Mac? Or will Mac be back? Mac, Mac, yeah. There's a lot of New York Post would love those two quarterbacks here. I mean, the headlines write themselves with those cliches. Um, yeah, this this is fun. And in the words of Michael Clemens, let me put on my deepest voice: The Jets are coming to play. Period. God, that guy, him and Keith Sweat can make a song together. Uh, it's incredible how deep his voice is. Well, it's not a week in Jets land without a little bit of drama. After the game, Elijah Moore did his best. Let me uh, do a Knicks reference since the season has begun. His best Mitchell Robinson impression by going to Twitter disgruntled after a game. And he quote tweeted Rich Samini, who didn't even mention him, by the way. So <laughs> Elijah, went uh, out- I, uh, I blame Samini. Samini's next <laughs> yeah. to me right now. I blame him. <laughs> Make sure he hears you. Say it louder. Uh, Samini tweeted, of all the eye-popping stats, fact to us today, this one's hard to understand. Elijah Moore, zero targets. He quoted and said, if I say what I really want to say, I'll be a selfish guy. We winning. Grateful. Huge blessing. All I ever wanted. He said, buttersweet, which is how I feel after a trip to the movies for me, um, but I'll be solid. So I'll just stay quiet. Just know I don't understand either. Salah kind of brushed it off. But were you a little concerned with him tweeting that? Because the chemistry feels really good in this locker room. It's like a lot of guys that like each other. Is that just a little minor blip in the radar? Yeah, I think it's minor. I wouldn't expect him to be happy right now, right? He he came in here second year, big expectations. He doesn't have a touchdown. He really has not been featured in any of the games. Sunday, zero targets. I mean, look, Sunday was like they basically were playing like a single wing. You know, they went back to 1940s football. I don't think anyone had more than two catches, right, Jake? Uh, the stats, and I think Garrett Wilson maybe had five targets. But it wasn't like it was this explosive passing attack and they didn't feature him. So the numbers were a little skewed Sunday. But, yeah, you, you wouldn't expect them to be happy right now. I always like when guys go on Twitter and say, I'm not going to complain, but. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever the butt comes in, you know it's about to get up. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I think there will be a game where Elijah Moore gets a lot more involved uh, coming up. 
but he just uh, he hasn't been so far. They're winning games, and he should be happy, and I get it. Zero targets for a guy with that much talent is insane, but you know, I'm not going to knock the coaches because the coaches, you want to talk about the progression, they've been a part of it, guys, and we talked about it when you weren't there the other night, but the coaching was great, and LaFleur, the trap run to Brees Hall with the two running backs in the backfield was good. They've made second-half adjustments. They're plus 48 in the fourth quarter, which is best in the NFL, so they're doing something at halftime. They're making a speech. They're dialing up plays. They're doing things different, and I think the coaching is a big part of the improvement in year two, and I said in the last show, like, keeping receipts felt like a year ago at this point. Like, those receipts are getting longer that he's keeping, uh, or maybe they're getting shorter at this point. Well, it's funny, Jake, the receipts thing, you know, I think I said at the time, I didn't think it was as big of a deal as people made it out to be, and it seemed to really annoy fans, which I didn't really understand because I thought it was kind of Rexian to me. Like, oh, you know, and I thought fans used to love when Rex was a little defiant about the Jets' pass, so... Then Monday morning in the airport in Milwaukee at 5 a.m. when I'm bleary-eyed from my flight, there's Jets fans walking by screaming, we're keeping receipts, we're keeping receipts. (laughs) And it's like, you know, now it's become a rallying cry. And I'm sure these same guys, you know, four weeks ago were ripping him for saying that. So it's it's funny, though. He's it's, It's come around. You got to love fans in New York. And now, you know, future games, we're going to be keeping uh, receipts. We're gonna bring. We're just gonna bring long CVS receipts, laminate them, and bring them as posters to games, including that game on the thirtieth. Oh, that's gonna be a big one. Well, yeah, the coaching and you know Lafleur outcoached Lafleur. I said His, the brother outcoached the brother. The guy who makes less outcoached the guy who made more. What have you thought about Lafleur? Because you know earlier in the year and definitely last year, he received a ton of criticism. He's making Zach Wilson kind of a game manager, and it's working out so far. Just dominating the run and simple plays like the screen play to CJ Uzama. I told you he would have a big catch. Uh, he'll be on the show at some point. I told you he'd finally have a big one. He did on second and nine, but LaFleur des- deserves some credit. It was kind of big. It was a good play. It wasn't medium. third down. I said third down. Catch. Medium catch. I'll take um, a medium. Yeah, no, I think he's doing a great job. Uh, and I really think since the middle of last year, he's done a good job. You know, he, I thought he kind of found his stride after that horrible game in New England. The next week in Cincinnati, the Mike White game, I thought he called the good game. And he did a good job at the end of last year, other than the Buffalo game the very end. And this year I, th- I thought, you know, it got a little crazy pass happy with Flacco and I thought he's reined it back in now. But I think what I look what you like, Jake, is he's, everyone knows they're running the ball. So defenses are going to line up to stop. You can't just sit there and do inside zone, outside zone. He's gotten creative. The end around to Barrios, I thought was a great call at the 20 yard line that went for a touchdown. Uh, some of the ways he's using Brees Hall, different ways of you know putting him in motion, and and obviously the play that Brees scored on was supposed to be a pitch to Garrett pass, uh, and and Hall just toughed it up and ran. But he's been creative and just even within the running game. Usually you don't think about creative runs, but he's been doing that. You know he's the home run hitter as Salah calls him, and he is hitting home runs all over the place. Just keep giving the ball. Poor Michael Carter. I don't think Michael Carter cares. He just wants to win. Carter's barely getting any carries, but it's working. Whatever they're doing, get him his rest, Brees Hall, every here here and there, and then he's good to go. And on defense, Quinton Williams is ready to get paid, guys. I mean, AFC Defensive Player of the Week, he is playing the best football of his career, and he's doing it a few months you know, before he's going to get a potential big contract if he keeps playing like this. Yeah, Jake, I thought I wrote last year, I thought the Jets should have extended him after last year because it just feels like the, the, the price is going to go up and up and up, but they didn't want to do it, and now – the price is going to be very, very high after this season if he continues to play the way he has. And this looks like the guy you saw at Alabama. I mean, he was a dominant, dominant player at Alabama. And at times you've seen that here in the first three years, but not like this. Uh, he was the best player on the field on Sunday, Jake, with a lot of good players. But he was he looked like he was at a different level 
than the rest of the rest of the people on the field. He's just dominating linemen right now. You know, I think the I like PFF. I like some of the stuff they've added to analyzing the game, but for him not to have a high PFF grade on Sunday was just like destroys the credibility of PFF grades to me. Like anyone watching that game who ever watched football knew that he was dominating that game. So I laughed at that when I saw that on Twitter, uh, that, that Quinn didn't have a high grade on Sunday. Yeah, I never looked too deep into those rankings. They seem like some some BS going on there. But, you know, the front seven is playing great. And, you know, maybe it's his brother motivating him, Kaz, leading in tackles last week. And I said I love his celebration. You know, he pumps me up when he does whatever that is, the anchor, the uh, arg, it looks like, whatever that. I don't know what to call that. I don't know if he's come up with a name for that. But brotherly love is all good on that front seven. And we don't even need to talk about, you know, the back end where Sauce is just playing out of his mind. You know, Will Parks made a play on special teams. I mean, everyone across the board, Michael Clemens, the voice, he made a big play. So everyone's contributing in some form, and that's what winning football looks like. Jets country. Let's ride. Let's get into it, guys. Jets Broncos Sunday, four o'clock. We get my guys on the call. CBS, Ian Eagle, Charles Davis. Screw what the salaries say. Another A team broadcast for the Jets. That's back to back weeks. You had what was it, Burkhart and Olsen last week? Davis and Eagle. I mean, the Jets for a team that's never Monday, and you were loving the 1 p.m.s. They're going to be a prime time team. This game has essentially been a pick them. It's ranged. Some sports books have it Broncos one, some one and a half, but a lot of pick them, which essentially means the Jets are favorites because the home team gets three points. They're expecting a defensive battle. 38 and a half points is the over under Broncos coming in two and four cause Jets four and two Broncos have just been an unwatchable football team with Russell Wilson. This offense stinks. Now they're you know third in the league in defense, total defense. Their defense has carried them, but God, Russell's been bad. Broncos country, let's ride. A 17-6 loss to the Seahawks. Their wins were 16-9 and 11-10. 32-23 loss of Raiders. 12-9 OT loss versus the Colts that had fans leaving before overtime in Denver. And then last week, a 19-16 loss. This game is ripian for the Jets to take. Boom, dad joke. That was bad. That was really bad. <laughs> See myself out now. Break the game down. Make your pick. Do you, are you going to miss Spiro Adidas, Jake? Is that what you're telling me with your... Wow. Uh, no, sorry. I, he's good, but, but you know, I and Eagle is just, you know, uh, you know the best. Well, let me best. tell you, Jake. Let me tell you how Jets fans are right now out, out in the wild as we speak. I was at the airport on Saturday at Newark Airport, beautiful sea terminal at Newark Airport, and I went up to look at the video board to make sure my flight was on time, you know, kind of figure out I was at the gate before I went to go get a little drink for the plane, a snack, and suddenly someone yells, you're going to keep picking against us? <laughs> and I looked, and he was yelling at me, you keep tweet- picking against us? They might have you tweeted keep- me that too. You keep picking against us. We love it. Keep picking against us. Love it, right? So, and then he saw me on the flight back. He said, pick, pick the Broncos, pick the Broncos. So, guess how Jets you have to pick right against now. the Jets now because people are tweeting me. They're like, tell Kaz to keep picking the Broncos. That's funny that you get in an airport. I mean, that's got to be cool that they at least you know they recognize you, which is nice. Yeah, well, so you know, it's a it's a it's a very very small faction of people who recognize me. That these are the people who worry about who the backup guard is on the team and stuff, you know. So, but yes, it's nice. It was nice. It's nice to meet people. I like interacting with people and I see them out at the airport, you know, even if they're yelling at me about my picks. What did you say in response to that guy? 
I said, yeah, I'm, I, I did pick the Packers, you know, so I mean, we talked for a little while. He was there with his son. They, they were going to the game at Lambeau. So it was, it was good. It was all good. And um, a man of the but, people, cause a man of the people. Something like that. But listen, this, this is going to be an ugly football game. I don't think you can expect otherwise. Two very good defenses squaring off. To me, it's a coin flip game. I, I just I think it's going to come down to, you know, who makes the big mistake, probably. And I don't know who the quarterback is for Denver right now. It's hard to know. Like I said, though, Russell's been so bad. Does it make much of a difference if he's not in there? Even if it's Brett Rippon, who did beat the Jets on Thursday night in 2020. So, you know, to me, it's going to be who can really just break through. And like I said, who, who makes the big mistakes in this game? So, but Jake, Uh-oh. what are we going to do? Are we going to go the Jets? Are we going to pick the Jets? I, I did pick, the, I, for the record, I did pick them in the first two games of the season. I think people forget that. No, we're going Broncos, Jake. Broncos 17, uh, Jets 14. Come on. Well, that means the Jets win. The transitive property says the Jets win. Kaz's <laughs> prediction formula means the Jets will win. You better believe I'm taking the Jets. I don't know how you're taking the Broncos with how this team's playing. I don't know if you're just doing it for good luck for the Jets, maybe for that fan at the airport. House of Horrors, Jake. House of Horrors, that place. When's the last time the Jets played well at Denver? By the way, why are they playing the Broncos three straight years? I don't understand. How does that work out? All right, and next year. And next year, Jake. Well, four oh. in a row? Can we play someone new? Do you really want me to go through the schedule formula, Jake? Not really, but... So, yeah. 2020 was they played the AFC West. Okay. okay. So that they played the Broncos that year. Uh, then last year, it was they were the same place in the standings. So, right, so they were both in last place, I assume, uh, in 2020. So they end up playing each other because you play the other divisions that way. You play one division in the AFC, the other two you match up with the team that you're you're in the same place as. So third place, fourth place, second place. Then this year, it's the same thing. They were in the same position in the standings again. That's why they, like, they, for years they ended up playing the Browns because they were always in last place. And then next year is the AFC West again. So they'll play all the AFC West teams next year. But next year we'll be in Denver again because 2020 was in that life. So it'll be three straight years to Denver. I, I regret even asking about this formula. <laughs> I figured. I figured. But that's why. But that plays, Jake. Not a lot of good Jets games there through the years. But this is a different Jets team, and you better believe I'm taking gangrene. Now, Jermaine Johns is likely out, but we just don't know the quarterback. And if Russell Wilson's playing, he's playing with a bum hamstring. He's playing on a shoulder where he had a procedure the week prior to alleviate shoulder pain. The offense has sucked. Nathaniel Hackett could be a one-and-done this year as a head coach. He's stunk it up. Their defense has carried them, but I think the Jets are going to use the run game and their own defense to win this football game. The Broncos suck right now. The Jets are going into MetLife on October 30th. The Jets are going to be 5-2. Winners are four straight. Jets 24, Broncos 16. Jets country, let's ride. Jake. Let's ride. Jets country. Let's ride. If you were the defensive corner for the Broncos right now, what would you do? I mean, you're going to stack the box, of course. Right. But Make number two beat you. Can number two beat you? That's the question to me, right? Because I don't think they're going to be able to run all over this team. I think I think the Broncos are going to load up to stop the run. And then it's a question of can Zach, can Zach beat them? And when that happens, we break out the reverse play and we have Braxton <laughs> throw the ball to Zach Wilson for a touchdown. The Philly special in Denver. That's where creativity comes in play. 24-16 Jets. And it'll be a must Watch must be an over, right? Oh, two game that would barely be an over. Yes, uh, I would not bet on the I wouldn't touch the over because I could see it being like a 1916 game, too. But I'm gonna say Jets 24 16. Joining us coming up next now on Gangs All Here is the voice of that game and this Jets season on ESPN Radio New York, 
Bob Bashuzin. Just is coming to play. Period. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All righty, joining us now on Gangs All Here. He's making his way around every state that you might not want to go to the last few weeks, but uh, sorry to those residents of uh, Mississippi and Wisconsin. He's the Jets radio play-by-play voice on 98.7 FM ESPN Radio New York. You also hear him NHL, although you'll be at the Garden soon. Maybe I'll see you at the Garden coming up. ESPN, NHL on ESPN, college basketball on ESPN, college football on ESPN. Hell, he might call cricket next week. Who knows? At ESPN Bob on Twitter. Let's welcome in Bob Wachusen. Bob, how you doing? A little tired? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I feel like a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we were discussing this earlier. Are you are you the biggest fish fan in sports media? Good question. I'm up there. There, are, there's a lot of fish fans floating around out there in sports media, where you'd least expect to find them. What is your tally at for concerts now? Have you hit over 300? Uh, no, no, I'm not like that. You know, I, mean, I don't have that much free time. I have five kids. He has, a, he has 20 jobs. You just listed yeah. how many sports did you just list, Jake? I know, exactly. maybe the off yeah. season. <laughs> there's no off season. <laughs> yeah, in in the off season, I, that's when I get to be a parent. Oh no, I'm. I mean, I may not be in like triple figures, but I'm up there. Like 97. You know, yeah, dedicated. The Jets, Bob, have been quite fun to call. I've been loving your calls on these Jets mini movies that they've been putting together <laughs> on YouTube. They've been fun. They've been getting me hyped up, and then they end it with, like, get tickets for the next game. Well, it's time to get tickets for the next game because Jets-Pats is going to be a good one. How much fun are you having calling these games right now? More fun than I've had the last 10 years, as I'm sure Kaz will attest. You know, like, if you're a beat writer that covers the team, if you're an announcer that broadcasts, the games like your job doesn't really change you document the game you report on what's going on but selfishly like is it more fun to just be around happy people than sad people all the time <laughs> yeah you know so the fact that uh and you know the other thing too i i did a game a couple of weeks ago todd mcshay was on our crew and he even said it's the first time and he can't remember how long that like kazi isn't starting to field calls from you guys yeah, maybe, like mid maybe, to late yes, October, yeah. right? Like, yeah, who's the next quarterback or who's the next pass rusher? You know, that we're not 100%. talking about the draft yet. So the fact that they will play, it seems, compelling, meaningful games where there's a reason to still watch the scoreboard and there's a wild card race to pay attention to. I'd have to think for the majority of this season is fun. It's, you know, it's fun to call games that matter. It seems like they're going to play games that matter maybe all the way through the year. Yeah, Jake, I, I don't think I told you this story, but after last week, after the, the Miami win, I tweeted the playoff picture. You know, like if the playoffs started today, Jets are the sixth seed or whatever it is. And I got a text from someone inside the Jets who said, like, really? You're, you're really going to start this in October? <laughs> And I said, here's the alternative. Do you want me to tweet your draft position like I've done for the last seven years? And they wrote back, fair point. <laughs> I mean, of all the things exactly. you tweeted, I would think that's one of your better ones. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. My, you know, Mr. Yeah, it was, but like, yeah. So I, you know, people always say, oh, who you root for? You root for interesting in this job. And winning is interesting right now. Losing, losing was interesting about. 11 years ago and it hasn't really been interesting since so so winning is interesting so i'm happy happy about it and i always see bob and marty at the games and some of these games these years i'm always like what are you guys talking about in the second half 
because the games are over. They, they get, they're getting some, some football to talk about now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the fact that the, you're in the fourth quarter and there's drama and not only, I mean, they played close games even when they were out of it at times where there was drama in that specific game, but the fact that there's drama and stuff to talk about in a game and you know, the game has implications to an actual playoff race and a division chase and, it's fun. It's it's definitely it's better than the alternative, and the alternative has been with us for a long time. What part of this team have you been most impressed by? Is it the defense? Is it Brees Hall being this home run hitter? What you know, which aspect of these wins have you been most impressed with? I think just generally speaking, the line of scrimmage. What they were in the first three games with Flacco, where they were on track to potentially set a record for most pass attempts in in NFL history and the fact that now they got Zach Wilson back, they're winning some games and now they get to control the ball and they're showing that they can do that. And then what the defensive line has become at some point, their pass game needs to catch up to their run game and their run defense. But right now they are a problem on the line of scrimmage with the injuries they've had on the offensive line. And even some of the drama a few weeks ago with, you know, Quinn and Williams getting into it on the sideline with his position coach, what they have now become with both of those units, I think is really impressive. Yeah. Bob, the, the first thing that popped in my mind after Sunday was 2009, right? Like it, it feels a lot like 2009 with defense running the game kind of quarterback, just don't turn it over. We'll be all right. Like, do, do, do you have any flashbacks to, to that team watching this team? I said the same thing. I said, Oh, nine, Oh 10. Like that's the way they want. Obviously Zach Wilson has a massively higher upside than Mark Sanchez did and is going to be asked to be a much bigger part of this than Mark Sanchez was asked to be a part of those teams. But on Sunday, they didn't need him to be. They played the same way they played. I remember someone asking me, I don't remember exactly what Mark's numbers were his rookie year. Because you might even remember. It was like 12 touchdowns and 20 interceptions or something Mm -hmm. like that. Something like that. And I remember someone asking me that summer, do you think Sanchez is going to have a sophomore slump? (laughs) And I remember going, sophomore slump? He threw 12 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. Yeah. Like, what would a sophomore slump be off of that? Five touchdowns and 30 interceptions? Like, but it just goes to show what the perception is of any quarterback that plays on a team that wins a game. Yeah. Right? Just win the game. And that's where I think Zach has approached this from a very level-headed standpoint. He's being told, certainly by the coaches, don't worry about it. You're going to be asked at some point this season to do again what we needed you to do in the fourth quarter at Pittsburgh. It's great that you've already shown that you can do that. He needs to show he can do that for more than a quarter. Yeah. Like they can't, there can't be double digit comebacks depended upon the rest of the season for them. At some point, he's going to have to sling it around in a game because the team's just going to commit too many bodies to the line of scrimmage to allow them to continue to run the ball like this. But the fact that when they have a numbers advantage of any kind can control the line of scrimmage the way that they have, I think is really impressive, especially what they've asked the offensive line to do. I mean, Fira Tucker in particular. I mean, like what he's doing right now is amazing. It's I don't know that people really appreciate what what he has been able to do. Randy Lang is like the team historian this past week had a great number that since the merger, so since 1970, the Jets have had one offensive lineman, and it was Roger Duffy in '96 when they were one in fifteen. So you can only imagine what their offensive line <laughs> looked like that year to begin with. He started at some point during that season at three different positions on the offensive line. Vera Tucker started at three different positions in three weeks, and they're winning. They're four and two. So for a good team, he's doing this on a weekly basis, and they're not missing a beat. To me, that's one of the 
unsung heroes for any team in the NFL this year, what he's been able to do. A lot of jerseys in the crowd. I can't say I've spotted a Roger Duffy jersey amongst yeah, the uh, Jets. That would be a long time. <laughs> um, that Browns game, how cool was calling that comeback? I assume you've never called anything like that, at least from the Jets-wise. What was that call like those last two minutes? That must have been a whirlwind. Yeah, I mean, they've had a couple of kind of crazy comebacks. Kaz might remember the, the details better than I do, but they had a home game with the Sanchez, Braylon Edwards, team against Houston where they scored a touchdown with like 35 seconds to go in the game and way, you know, like a big pass down the sideline and a lob to the back of the end zone. And then the overtime game in 2015 against the Patriots, like there've been some, some crazy games that they played, obviously many more than that. Those two leap to mind, but this was the unlikeliest, I think of all of them. I mean, I'll tell you, and I'm sure anybody that covers the team or people that have watched the team were probably thinking the same thing. At the two-minute warning of that game, it felt like we were watching a 1-5, in 1-6 in six start to the season. Pulling that game out of the fire at least set the table so that when Zach Wilson came back, one win when he came back transformed the first month of the season into, like, who knows what might happen from abject disaster. And it really was that important that they did that for their year. So you look forward at the schedule, two-minute warning of that game. You asked me, like, when, when we went to commercial, all right, now, two months from now, what do you think their record's going to be? You would say, I don't know, probably two and six. I mean, maybe they'll steal a game from someone else, but this looks like all the previous years. And the fact that they were able to, you know, from 99.9% to lose to come back and win in the last two minutes at least breathed some life into the young players on this team and gave them some belief that, you know, hey, we can go do this. And then when they got their quarterback back, obviously that's made a tremendous difference. Yeah, and that was coming off the receipts comment from Sala. Like, if they had lost that game the following week against Cincinnati, people would have been pelting him with their CBS receipts as he walked on the field. <laughs> so, yeah, that game was huge. Uh, Bob, the rookies, you know, I think we all knew when they after the draft, like, they had, they had a good couple of days there, right? Like, we, we expected it. But I did not expect them – to walk in here and just have the impact like that they've had immediately. You know, we've seen some good rookies here and sometimes it takes two months, you know, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore last year took about five, six weeks before they contributed. How impressed have you been with just these, these rookies, you know, sauce and hall and Wilson and just how quickly they've been able to contribute. Yeah. I mean, they right now they're the odds on favorite to potentially have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year on the same team. And I think to, to bring the metaphor like even further out in terms of like development, look at Quinn and Williams and Quinn and Williams is right now, probably the most dominant defensive front seven player in football, not named Aaron Donald, right? Certainly interior defensive lineman. I mean, he is like, you start r- racking off the, you know, the Micah Parsons and Aaron Donald's of the world. He is in the conversation of that kind of impactful player. It took him two or three years to grow into that. Right. He didn't. He wasn't bad as a rookie. He wasn't bad as a second year player. So the fact that these guys are having that kind of an impact four, five, six games into their NFL careers. And right now, if you told me that Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall were going to be what they are right now in their third or fourth season, I would say tremendous success. How could you, you know, how could you second guess that? And basically instantaneously, they've become that in the NFL. So no one could see that done. No one, no, you know, as high a hopes as you would ever have for a draft class to sit there and say, 
I anticipate this year that the Jets are going to have the best defensive rookie in football and the best <laughs> offensive rookie in football. That they've they've been amazing. And you're right, and the whole class, not even just yeah. those two, but the class yeah. as a whole, they're all Mike, contributing. Michael Clemens blocks a punt. Right. Blocks a punt, <laughs> change the game. <laughs> yeah, it completely. What was an yeah. amazing flip of all of the momentum in that game their way? Is it a fair expectation now at four and two? And this might be early. Oh, uh, here we go. It, is it fair to, Jake, to 15 say, and two? Don't go 15 it, and two. Is it Jake, fair this on. team makes the playoffs? Or is it too early to say that, Bob? I think it's way too early to say for a team that everybody at the start of the year thought would have a really good season if they won like seven or eight games to now be saying it's, you know, playoffs or bust. They have not played the Dolphins at full strength. They haven't played the Bills at all yet. They haven't played the Patriots at all yet. You know, and every year the schedule looks different as the year goes on. At the start of the year, the unbeatable teams on the road on their schedule were, that was going to be brutal going to Green Bay and Denver. Now people are expecting they're going to go to Denver maybe and win the game, even though they're a slight underdog. And it also goes to show you they've been a points underdog in every game this season, including this Sunday, even if it's a point. They're still an underdog. So, you know, I, I still look there. Every, you know, season has roller coaster elements to it. And right now they are at one of the peaks that anybody could ever anticipate that they would be at to think there's not going to be a Valley to this season. And then maybe another peak. I mean, of course there will be, of course they're going to have a stretch where they're going to lose three out of four or something like that. And everybody's going to be throwing their arms up and talking about the season they wasted. And then, then maybe at the end of the year, they'll win a couple more games you weren't expecting that they would win. So if they win this week, I think the numbers, like historically, you're somewhere around 70 to 80% to make the playoffs if you're a 5-2 and two team to start off the season. So get this win on the road. And you can only imagine what the atmosphere would be like for the Patriots at home if they're 5-2. and two. We will not have heard that place like that in a long, long time for a Jet game Maybe ever in that place. Yeah. That life, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah that's going to be something. Um, be fun. We were talking, Bob, before we came on, to, you know, before we started recording of your travels. You know, I, I, I had a tough time getting to Green Bay last week. I, I flew into Milwaukee, drove to Green Bay. I thought that was bad. You went from Oxford, Mississippi to Green Bay, Wisconsin, not to hub airports, Bob. What? Tell me, tell me the, the travel from Oxford, Mississippi to Green Bay, Wisconsin. The, the travel from Oxford, Mississippi to Green Bay, Wisconsin changed at halftime of the Old Miss-Auburn game. Old Miss had not played a game this season, I think, that was less than like, like I would say over three hours and 20 minutes. The first half took two hours. We just got lucky. I mean, there was a targeting review on the first play of the game. And we're sitting there like, oh, my God, is this really what it's going to be? And there were a dozen replay reviews and injuries and all the timeouts called. And so we had a four hour game, the 45 minute rain delay or lightning delay on top of the three hour and 55 minute game didn't help. So our plan was, you know, it's an 11 a.m. local start. Memphis is 70 miles away. Get to the airport in about an hour. You can make it for, I had a 410 flight to Atlanta and then I was going to fly to Appleton. And I figured, all right, we'll be off the air at about 2.30. They'll play a three-and-a-half-hour game, we'll run down, get in the car. Right, 3.30, 3.45, we'll be at the airport. It'll be fine. I'll run. I'll make my flight. At halftime, we all realized none of us are making our flights out of Memphis. And we made the decision to get in our car and just drive to Atlanta for our connecting flights. Oh. So that's what we did. So we did a four-hour football game with a 45-minute lightning delay. 
capped by a 340 mile drive to the Atlanta airport. Which the Atlanta airport, Jake, is like the seventh ring of hell, too. And so. we all made our flights. And I got to my room in Appleton at like, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning central time, something like that, 1230 central time. By the time I, I got there, took a nap, got on the bus, and went to Lambo. <laughs> That's what you do. Can we close with you giving us like your next week of your schedule and review so people understand the your sure. your life? Just starting with Thursday, October 20th, take us through the next week. Go. Well, I mean, I'm talking to you guys, obviously, today. I woke up this morning at 4 a.m. in Tampa because I did lightning flyers last night. Uh, flew home, quickly went and grabbed my college football charts for this week so I could do the Purdue coaches call from the parking lot in Florham Park before I ran inside for the Robert Sala press conference, they interview him. Uh, Friday morning, fly Newark, Chicago, Chicago, Madison. So the irony is thick. I'm going back to Wisconsin, back to Wisconsin. where I could have been last week, do a game at Wisconsin and just go to Green Bay. But no, we had to go to Oxford, Mississippi. And then we'll do Purdue, Wisconsin, 2.30 local time, Saturday afternoon, jump in the car, two, two and a half hour drive to O'Hare, jump on a 9.30 Saturday night flight, to Denver, take a nap in Denver, get up in the morning, do Jets, Broncos, then jump on the plane with the team and come home on Sunday night. And then you have Monday, you have rain or Tuesday of Rangers too, right? Tuesday Rangers, but at the garden. And then the following Thursday Rangers at the garden. So I'm sure college football in between, I'm going to go somewhere, but the next two weeks, no midweek flights. Do you ever get confused, Bob, and like ask Sala about the power play, like the Flyers? I was going to say, do you call like Tom that? Wilson, Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson, Tom Wilson ever? <laughs> I There are definitely times where I've woken up in a hotel room, rolled over, and had to look at the phone to like remind myself where I am. Like, where where am I? Why am I here? You know, but nobody wants to hear us complain about our jobs, right? Like, I go to games for a living, so I never, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't burden people with a complaint about this stuff. The travel stuff. Oh man, the travel is tough. That's and the holy cow. That's that's brutal. Well, somebody somebody said it's a, it's a very fair way to put it. ESPN doesn't pay us to do the games. ESPN pays us to travel. <laughs> the games are the fun, For real. right? True. See, that's yes. it. Well, once you get to the game, yeah, you're and good. All the prep is done, and the haze on the bar, and now it's the fun part. Like now you get to call the game, be at the game. I mean, there's 50, 75, 100,000 people there. They're paying, They're spending money to be there. I'm getting paid. It's the all of the hoops you jump through during the week to get ready. That's all. And, and the that's why he wakes up to check, you know, where he's at, not because of a heavy night of drinking, because of a heavy uh, night of traveling across the country. He's all over. Oh, maybe drinking, too. Sometimes the two are combined into one. <laughs> I don't blame you. Have a drink and have a drink and enjoy the Jets. Bob with shoes and at ESPN Bob on Twitter. Catch him on the call. 98.7 FM ESPN rate him. Catch him on ESPN and college football and for the NHL. Bob, great to catch up with you and uh, good luck with your travels. And we'll see you at the garden next week. Thanks. I'll see guys. you in Denver, Bob. Yeah, see I'll see you in Denver. This person stand up in it. It's you versus you. Go Jets. Alrighty, that'll say goodnight to episode 116 of Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern Josh Crawford for helping me out in producing this show. Make sure you catch up on all episodes you might have missed of Gangs All Here by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating right in a nice view on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify, and you can find full episodes of Gangs All Here by subscribing to New York Post Sports YouTube. 
We post all full episodes there. So if you want to watch our beautiful faces on video, go to New York Post Sports YouTube. Oh, man, if the Jets win this one. We're talking about five and two with the Patriots coming to MetLife. We got the live podcast after that game. Make sure you come out next Sunday, October 30th. Assuming it's a 1 p.m. game, we will do the show right around 5 p.m. House of Q, American Dream. It'll be me and former Jets great Tony Richardson. So stay tuned for the game time, but we plan on 5 p.m. House of Q, American Dream, right over the overpass next to MetLife Stadium. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll return on Monday following the Jets matchup with the Broncos in Denver. Enjoy the game, and thanks for listening to Gangs All Here. Jets country. Let's ride.